This week's episode of Kaiju Weekly is brought to thee by the Holy Hand Grenade. When thou must blow thine enemies to tiny bits, in God's mercy, especially when they're giant killer rabbits, accept no substitutes. Simply pull the holy pin, count to three, and lob it at thy foes. One, two, five. I mean three. Ah, crap. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me is a very special guest all the way from uh, Okasawara Island, Nathan. Yeah. What's up, kaiju lovers? <laughs> Foreshadowing to our topic for this week. <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> oh, man. So, Thanks for having me on again, man. It wonderful being able to take a quick little trip off of Monster Island, although I will tell you, with this whole coronavirus pandemic thing, I can't begin to tell you the paperwork I had to go through in order to take this trip. The board made me sign so many liability forms oh, <laughs> to, wow. get, to come here. And then not only that, I had to agree. Jimmy had to do the same thing. And unfortunately, Michael's not here with us today. And he, he'll have to, he had to put up with this. You know, those famous orange and yellow jumpsuits that people from Monster Island are, you know, are known mm -hmm. for wearing. Yeah. Uh, and the, you know, they also had the little helmet things that went along with it. We were required once we left on the Moonlight SY3, because that was what we used to get here today. It's Jimmy's baby. We had to wear those the entire trip to make sure we didn't catch the virus. <laughs> and then when I got here, Michael had to put one on to fly back to the island. Apparently him and Jimmy are testing out some sort of new jungle adventure attraction that the board of directors on the island is trying out. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sure glad what's they... going on with that, but yeah, I'm kind of glad they buried the hatchet because I know they were they went through a rough patch there for a little while. Yeah, um... <laughs> they had a they had a flame war going on there for a while. I don't know what it is with Jimmy. He starting flame wars with people. At one point he was fighting two of them. Michael <laughs> and John LeMay. But the one with John LeMay is still the weirdest one. It is the weirdest flame war I've ever seen because Jimmy is only on Twitter and John is not on Twitter. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't understand. It, it's it was so more of a cold bizarre. war then. <laughs> yeah. I got a cold war going on with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am so glad. Is a cold war? <laughs> I am so glad I that you are you. on this <laughs> on this episode. Um, it's going to be a fun one, uh, listeners. Yeah, I will is... let you know, as you can see, I am Monster Island and your show because I am sporting the Visit Monster Island shirt that you put together for your uh, for your merch site. Yeah, I'm glad that you got uh, one of those shirts because that was made after the last episode that you were on. I, I was inspired to go and make that shirt. 
Yeah, and I bought it immediately, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, it it was... I'm glad you bought it because it was kind of a way of paying me back for all the trouble that your mascots caused the last time you were on. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you will be happy to know that you know, this, and this is actually the first place I, I'm even going to hint at this. The, you know, the big reveal will, will be soon. I won't say exactly when, but it will be soon. I am bringing in a third mascot to curtail their gremlin-like act, <laughs> antics. I'm glad. I am very <laughs> glad because that really, really was a pain in the butt to try to edit that podcast. Episode. I know it probably. I'm sure you probably uh, gained at least what five gray hairs and lost at least a year off of your life. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, at least, at least. <laughs> well, uh, listeners, we're just going to tell you right up front: this episode is going to be a fun one because we. Uh, watch the movie that we're talking about uh, together right before recording. And it's one of those movies that you just, you don't come away the same person as you were when you went in. <laughs> this goes back to your left of center. I think is yes yeah we took a little break from our from our left of center kaiju movies and now we're back we're back to watching movies that are, are talking about movies that are little left of center but before we get into that let's talk about the news so what you got we don't have a whole lot of news in the world of giant monsters, but um, just got a few things. One thing that's kind of tangentially related to giant monster movie news is uh, San Diego Comic-Con is officially canceled for this year. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So we they finally pulled the trigger on it, and uh, much like a character with his horse in uh, in the movie we watched for this week. Uh, they put that horse down. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> this is a great way to start your movie. <laughs> I know. Horse assassination. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so um, I, I have to tell you, uh-huh. it, the big reason why people are talking about this, the fan community, is that that means we aren't going to have any big reveals or big trailer drops like we've had before. Like last year at SDCC, we got, mm-hmm. well, no, two years ago, I should say. We had the big trailer drop, uh, the first trailer drop for King of the Monsters, and everyone lost their minds. Understandably so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before that, they showed the that weird kind of, I don't know what you would call it, uh, not sizzle reel, maybe like proof of concept? Sort of a thing, like in 2012 for Godzilla 2018. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's canceled. We're not seeing it. What concerns me is that San Diego Comic-Con is the geek convention. Right. It is. I don't think it was necessarily the first. <laughs> if Jimmy was uh, was on right now, he would correct me or blog about it later. But, <laughs> but it is the one that everybody knows. It's the largest it's the most famous and they have canceled this is the first time in their entire history that they have ever done this and it's because of the pandemic going on and for me that's concerning because that makes you wonder if any other conventions that are happening in the summer you know a couple of my favorites g-fest and gen con they, mm-hmm. they happen around the same time and now i'm wondering if they're even going to happen if other conventions are going to look at SDCC canceling 
and then cancel their right. own events. Yeah, and that's one of the things that um, JD specifically uh, for uh, G Fest was saying on online. Anytime anybody kind of criticized him for not canceling it, it's like, look, it's in the summertime, and even San Diego Comic Con hasn't canceled yet. Well, now well. San, San Diego <laughs> Comic Con has canceled, so uh, it it does make me wonder what's going to happen with G Fest if he is going to go ahead and cancel it um, or not. But uh, we'll we'll see. Um, we've been keeping up with. The the news here on this podcast about yeah. G-Fest and everything. But yeah. yeah, you're right that canceling, uh, the reason why this relates to giant monster movies is because at San, San Diego Comic-Con, we were kind of expecting to get some info or maybe a trailer, something from Godzilla versus Kong, and now we're not getting that. I can tell you, because I have some insider information, so to speak, because I am... I can. I think I can at least say this much. I am scheduled to be one of the panel pre, uh, presenters at G Fest this year. So mm -hmm. I've been hearing from the organizers about what they're trying to figure out, and I know that Matt Frank has actually talked about doing some sort of online alternative to G Fest. Yeah. I don't know what that would look like, but I've also heard from some other people that they have done online conventions before and i thought they were fun I'm like, okay yeah. uh, i can tell you for sure if g fest does get canceled and there isn't some sort of online alternative i am planning on turning at least one of my panel presentations which would have been with danny demana of the godzilla novelization project i i contact him he's like if it gets canceled let's just record an episode or a video or something for the podcast right you know, of our presentation and he was yeah. all for it. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. I'd love yeah. to hear that. Um, so yeah, there's, there's not much more to talk about um, other than, you know, it being canceled. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. If, if legendary and Warner brothers were planning on doing anything for Godzilla versus Kong for San Diego comic-con, were they are they going to just release it online what's going to happen we we don't really know but that was just the news and it affects the world of giant monsters so i wanted to talk about it here's a wacky idea warner brothers i'm assuming you're listening to this because why would oh, of course yeah <laughs> definitely we only have like 50 listeners on a regular basis why why wouldn't one of them be one of the largest uh movie producers in the world of course <laughs> <laughs> Here's a crazy idea. Uh, uh, insane scenario. SDCC canceled. G Fest still goes on. How about you drop the trailer at G Fest? Yeah. Just saying. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. All right. And so moving on to the next bit of news, um, we've had these legendary watch alongs for the mm -hmm. last few weeks. Um, with, Unfortunately, uh, I have not been able to participate in those because I've been very busy. <laughs> yeah, I have. I haven't participated either. But the first one we had uh, was a watch along uh, with Gareth Edwards watching along the 2014 Godzilla movie. The Which Nintendo I will movie. tell you, I was very happy to see all the love he was getting because I feel yeah. like I still feel like there are people in the fan community who don't appreciate him or his film nearly enough. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that film gets a lot more 
uh, hate than it deserves. I, I mean, I I think I don't think it gets an an unusual amount of hate. Like there, you know, there's not there is enough people who do love it out there, but the hate that it does get, I feel, is unjustified. I actually here's a hot take for you because you say that, but I feel like the only MonsterVerse movie I don't really see people criticizing all that much is Skull Island. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why, because you, I don't know if you heard my episode on Skull Island or not, but mm-hmm. it's, I do bring up, it's not perfect, and I have some issues. Oh, no, and, yeah. And actually, I'm going to bring this up here because I didn't get a chance. We went through so many things on that episode, so I didn't get to everything. Although Jimmy had this in his Jimmy's Notes blog uh, as a follow-up to it. The whole thing that I hear people praising skull island for is that it has daylight battles I'm like okay i get it but i then saw somebody on twitter who works in special effects and he says i'm tired of hearing people say this because they don't just do stuff like in king of the monsters or in 2014 or any other movie you know pacific rim the original pacific rim they don't mm-hmm. just do those things at night because they're trying to hide imperfections in or have rain or whatever and they're not doing it to hide imperfections in the special effects Yes, sometimes they do that. But he said, here's the real reason for it. Yeah, it's a little harder to render things in daylight Mm -hmm. in a computer. That is true. However, when you look at the monsters or the things that are happening in those movies that are set at night, they're at night because those are usually things that have bright lights or flashy powers. They look better at night. Right. You know, Godzilla's atomic ray, it shows up better at night than it would in the daytime. Right. Yeah. And then the, what do the you contrast. have? In, yeah. And then what do you have in Kong Skull Island? You have monsters that have drabber colors. They're here. They look better in the daylight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Thank you. There are creative choices being made here not to hide things. Yeah. I I do think that the 2014 uh, one is a well-made movie and, and we'll we'll get around to reviewing it on this podcast um at some point uh, um coming up probably this year I, i'm hoping we'll get to it this year uh so yeah i'll talk about it more then but yeah uh so the most recent uh legendary watch along that we had was with uh why am i blanking on his name uh <laughs> michael uh, dogerty yeah, yeah, Mike, Michael Doherty. That's right. <laughs> I was like, why am I blanking on his name? <laughs> yeah, because and, it was Gareth Edwards, and then Jordan Vogt Roberts for Skull Island, and then the most recent one that was Michael Doherty for King of the Monsters. There right. you go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so in it, the one thing that I want to and it happened actually before the watch along, but it's a little thing that kind of went along with it. Um, one bit of news that I found interesting was that they officially said that the name of the Muto that was in King of the Monsters is named the Queen Muto. And that the on-set nickname for it is Barb. Yep. And I just, I, that was a I, uh, I just want to say I uh, eagerly await Michael Dougherty's other meme-tastic nicknames for all the monsters in that movie because we have Kevin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we have Barb. <laughs> and predictably, within, I think, 30 minutes of that announcement, someone made a Muto Queen barb twitter feed 
<laughs> oh man yeah it, it, it the internet moves fast <laughs> um so i thought this was interesting uh so in the comic book that was the prelude to king of the monsters we had muto prime mm-hmm. and muto prime was the progenitor of the two mutos that we saw in in uh, the 2014 movie. So, and the way um, Michael Doherty talked about this, uh, Queen Muto is that she's actually older than those two Mutos. Mm. And something, uh, and I forget uh, who said it or, or how it was described, but that um, the Queen has the potential to be Muto Prime if she mates and can and gives birth to more mutos. So interesting. Yeah, it, it is it's that explains a, why that explains why one of the first posts on that Twitter feed was looking for a mate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it is it's just a little bit of uh extra bonus stuff that adds to the world. Um somebody brought up uh, just recently, I think it might have been Chris from Gargantia Cast brought up recently when we were talking that he would love to see a bestiary, like an actual in-universe yes. type mm-hmm. book that's written that has that describes all of the biology and all the history and everything of these of these monsters and of these titans. And so I, I completely agree with that. And this is kind of the type of stuff that you would see in a bestiary like that. Oh yeah. The, here you want to if you want to have a fun discussion with say michael when he gets back or we could have it right now for him if you wanted to or uh-huh. you can ask the listeners on social media what do you think are the other nicknames for the other titans oh <laughs> in, yeah in, in, in king <laughs> of the monsters like behemoth and uh, i'm trying to remember some of the other ones Scylla. Scylla, and you know, although i call i called Scylla, i think so tentacles right Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I called that one Cthulhu face, but <laughs> yeah, 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 Cthulhu face. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that's interesting. I have to give it some thought and then come up with some funny nicknames for him and see. Uh, if, see behemoth if probably. Behemoth probably has the obvious nickname of Harry. H A R R Y. Right. Yeah. Or or Snuffleupagus because he does kind of look like a, Snuffy. Yeah, Snuffy. He does kind of look like that. <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. so that's a bit of fun little info that we had there so that was that um like we said this this is a slow news week so we're just kind of uh looking for the scraps of news that we can get (laughs) just wait just wait until the 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 trailer for Godzilla versus kong drops and you'll have plenty to talk about because we'll finally know that this movie is not some fever dream that the entire fandom is <laughs> oh man when that trailer drops we may dedicate an entire episode to just reviewing the trailer because As you should. <laughs> yeah because i can't imagine reducing that down to just like a 20 minute new segment it, that would be just oh, yeah. no <laughs> yeah i'm already planning on trying my hand reaction video for the podcast monster island film vault youtube channel Mm. <laughs> that would be fun um so the last bit of news i wanted to talk about uh we had a new magic the gathering 
uh, product that came out. We talked about a couple of weeks ago how Magic the Gathering had crossed over with the Toho monsters, and we got a lot of Godzilla um, and his friends on playing cards for this tabletop game. We have a new set that's coming out, and it's going to include five Japanese foil land cards and one MTG Arena sleeve code. I have no idea what those mean, but that was in the news. Because <laughs> I don't well, play Magic MTG the Gathering. MTG is Magic the Gathering. Oh, yeah. MTG. That makes sense. See, this is what watching the movie that we watched today does to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners. It can just be your excuse for everything now. Right. Exactly. Uh, so uh, pre-orders will only be available for a 24-hour period starting on May 7th at 9 a.m. Pacific time via the Secret Layer site, and it's going for $29.99. So I'm looking at this, and I've played Magic the Gathering, but it was always my younger brother Josiah's thing. That was his hobby. Oh, so okay. I would just he would collect the cards, and I would just play with him. So I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking one of three things needs to happen. Either I need to buy this for him as a gift, but it's really for me because I'm a jerk like that. <laughs> or I just need to break down and buy it myself just for the heck of it, and then I'll play my brother or anybody else I know who plays the game because I know a few other people who play the game. Not Jimmy, though. He's not into this. So or I need to talk my brother into buying this for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, so if I'm remembering right, or if I, I may have it wrong, but in magic, the gathering, you have uh, like actual monster cards. And then you also have um, location, like locations, right? Yes. The, the basic gist of, of what Ma the way magic works is that the idea is that you as the player are a wizard. And you are summoning creatures from your deck to engage in combat with another wizard. Okay. And the way it works is that you have their land cards, and then you lay those out and you use the land cards. You could use other cards to do this too, but the land cards are your primary source of what's called mana, which is essentially like right. the money that you get each turn to play different cards the, from your hand into play. And then the, the primary way that you inflict damage on the other player is you put out creature cards. Okay. Costs and things like that. And you can make the cards, like, you can say, I'm attacking with this creature, and then you you rotate the card, and mm -hmm. that means that the, uh, the creature is attacking. You tap it. That's the term used. In it. And oh, then the okay. other player has the option to then tap one of his creatures to defend it, because otherwise that damage goes straight to him. Yeah. See, That's I'm, the basic I'm gist of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here because if you listen to the last episode where me and Michael talked about uh, the Magic the Gathering uh, set, we had no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Although I will say one thing that concerns me a little bit, and I don't know if this is true, if it was a bunch of fan-made things that went up, but it seems like, because this is part of this new kind of giant monster theme set that Wizards of the Coast, which is, produces Magic the Gathering, they're putting together. So it's part of this big set. I forget what it's like. Uh, the Behemoths of Akoria? Yeah. I think sometimes. is what it's called. Yeah. yeah. And there are some people thinking 
there's some people who have said that these Godzilla cards, all they're really doing is reskinning other cards. Yeah. Well, now that I have heard that that a lot of these are just it's the same kind of uh, it's it's a. Uh, same as other Magic the, the Gathering cards, they just changed the name and added a new um, picture, you know, that has Godzilla or whatever yeah. monster on it. So I, yeah. I, I think they they might have done that just from my point of view to not break the game. <laughs> you know, it's like it's easy yeah. to integrate it. In <laughs> I was thinking about that. I have played Magic cards where no joke. I was playing with a with a friend who had a bunch of his own decks that he had put together and he was telling themes where, and there was one that was all dinosaurs. Yes. Mm -hmm. There are dinosaurs in magic, the gathering. And oh, so wow. that sounds like fun. And that's so why I played the dinosaur deck. So I don't look at that. It's like, these are already gigantic. We have full fledged Kaiju now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if we were playing this realistically, it would be, you know, uh, okay. I have, even if you had a troop of dinosaurs, it's still going to be Godzilla steps on them and wins. I mean, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So so, I, you got to uh, yeah. suspend disbelief a tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> so these, um, these cards are the location cards that are going along with those, um, those monster, monster cards that we got, uh, not too long ago. And uh, again, the same thing we talked about with those other cards, the artwork is fantastic. It is just beautiful artwork. All of them have Godzilla in some kind of uh, backdrop uh, and scenery, and it looks fantastic. You've got one that looks like a green field with Godzilla walking with Mothra. Then you have some, a sunset uh, with Godzilla and Hedorah in the background. You've got Godzilla mm -hmm. in a jungle, Godzilla on the some kind of... Um, shoreline and then a godzilla up in a high altitude mountain fighting some kind of flying creature that might be rodan but the picture is too small for me to see you know what's funny you're describing all things is i haven't looked at all of these as much as you have i know that uh -huh. the, i knew this existed those are land cards since i know things about magic for those are, hope listeners. Those are land cards like i said that gives you different kinds of mana Oh, it gives you mana. But the thing uh -huh. is, is that they're all different colors and they give you different colors of mana. And oh, okay. different cards require different kinds of mana, you know, different colors of mana in order to play huh. them. So a lot of times people will theme their decks around certain colors. So it might be red and green or you know, black and white and things like that. So what you're describing are the, I already know, it's like, oh, the, I know what, what kinds of lands he's talking about there. You know, mm -hmm. the one that's a jungle, that's a green land. The, mm -hmm. the shoreline is probably uh, you know a plains for a white land and the what I was trying to think what were some of the other ones you were describing like the, uh, the mountain one is probably uh, that's a, a red land because mm -hmm, mountains sure are red lands in magic and then what was the um, the one with, it was a sunset with fedora in like a swamp area uh, probably black yeah that the one's swamps the swamps are one. usually black and then there should the the shoreline is blue okay so that one's probably blue and then yeah. what was the, is there one that looks white? Yeah, that's the plains one. So the plains one the plains. is white because oh, I can with see Mothra, the, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I can see the colors on them. Um, the the plains with Mothra, that one's white. You have the swamp with Godzilla and Hedorah in the background. That one's black. 
the jungle is green, the shoreline uh, is blue, and then the mountain is is red. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. So that's the so if anybody is interested in getting these, you can pre-order them at the website that's uh, secretlayer.wizards.com, and they're going to be available for a 24-hour period on May 7th for pre-order. Well, the pre-orders, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the pre-order. Um, and so if anybody wants to pre-order them, and they're starting at $30. The big thing is that you'll get the Japan exclusive ones. Right, yeah. I'm guessing this will probably be the only way you can get the Japan exclusive if you're not in Japan. Right. Um, but yeah, other than that, there wasn't really any news this week. That was the, the last of the news that I had. So we can go ahead and jump into our main topic. And oh boy, is it going to be something. <laughs> We've already hinted at this. Last time I visited, I just happened <laughs> to mention, hey, I'm kind of, in- I'm mildly interested in seeing this movie because DeForest Kelly is in it. And I'm a Right, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the trivia question, I always ask a trivia question at the end of each episode to uh, hint to the next episode. So the trivia question from last week is what fluffy monster movie features one of the stars of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho and two actors from Star Trek, the original series? And we've got a few answers. So Cole Francis said Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that you answer any kind of answer that you want, and I will give you a shout out. Um, and then let's see. Uh, Mark Myers said the birds. Almost. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> That's more feathery uh, than fluffy. Right. Um, this one might be my favorite. <laughs> Tyler's Mosher said Godzilla versus Donkey Kong. <laughs> I want this movie. Yeah. I want this movie. <laughs> that sounds fun. Uh, uh, Luis or Luis uh, Valenzuela said Gorath, 1962 film from Tokyo. Not I, uh, no film from Toho. Or Toho, not Tokyo. Well, <laughs> it was like I didn't remember Gorath being fluffy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's kind of well because he's like a a, a seal or a sea lion. So oh, that's kinda... Moguma. I'm thinking of when I think of Gorath. I'm, oh, oh, the okay. rogue planet thing. It's like it's big. Enough. Oh yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> not happy at all. This is what happens when you feed your triple. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've got uh, a few answers from Michael that he gave. Oh, you me forgot before. about Kershaw. Hold on, I, I want to get to Kershaw last. Oh, okay. Kershaw last. Um, okay. So we've got a few answers from Michael, uh, who gave me his answers before he took off to uh, Monster Island. Yes. And so he said, the creature from Frankenstein's plant versus Monster X, Ebra. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and He's then he trying did- to compete with my funny answers. Right, yeah. <laughs> then he said, Shin Godzilla versus Yeti of the 20th century. <laughs> I was going to say, it's just, yeah, that, I see the rest of it. Now. <laughs> Giant, yep. Giant of the 21st oh, century. or tw- Actually, it's 20th century, not 21st. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then uh, Godzilla versus the Smog Monster 2, Attack of the Rona. Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. We had to get a kids Corona. are calling it. Now. Right. Yeah, we had to get a Corona reference in there. Um, 
And then he <laughs> did... Adora is. <laughs> That's why he got had hetera ever since the quarantine happened. He's been quarantined from everybody else on the island. And he shows the other kaiju are like, nope. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, and then my favorite one, The Trouble with Tribbles 3, Great Caesar's Hairball. <laughs> okay, that one might be my favorite now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really like that one. <laughs> and then I want to know I, what Trouble with Tribbles 2 is. <laughs> is it the two episodes of the of the original series and then the Deep Space Nine one? Is that what Yeah, the, I think... I, the third I think the, in the line? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the Deep Space Nine one might be the second one that he's referencing. Oh, that's <laughs> one of my all-time favorite episodes of Star Trek, period. <laughs> um, and then we have my best friend in the whole wide world, Kershaw Baker, uh, who messaged me the other day on Instagram and said, I can't believe you're going to be doing this movie. I can't believe you're finally covering this movie. <laughs> and said, his guess, Night of the Lepus. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> and yep. So this episode is dedicated to you, Kershaw. <laughs> I don't get to talk to him too much ever since with the, uh, with the virus and the quarantine. And he lives in another state. So I don't get to talk to him as much. But, but this episode is dedicated to you. <laughs> so my question now becomes, is he by that or not? <laughs> is, that, is he what? Is he going to be honored by that or not? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so, yes, our main topic for this week is Night of the Lepus, a movie about giant rabbits. In fact, that's the plot breakdown that I have. Giant mutant rabbits terrorize the Southwest United States. I was, yeah, I was going to say, you left out the kill. <laughs> if, if, if it was just giant rabbits, then it would just be... Clifford the Big Red Dog or something. Right. <laughs> These are. <laughs> so, uh, cast and crew, I'm just going to go through this real quick. We have Stuart Whitman, Janet Lee, who is the actress from uh, Psycho. She was the one in the, yeah, in the famous sh uh, shower scene that was uh, from Psycho. So, and she's also Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. So, mm -hmm. uh, the horror. Sure. Horror movies run in their family. <laughs> yep. From one scream queen to another. Exactly. Rory Calhoun uh, is also in this movie. DeForest Kelly is in this yes. movie. There's, there's one of <laughs> your <man>. actors. <laughs> there's one of your actors from Star Trek. Paul Fix is the other actor from. Uh, yes. And who plays Sheriff Cody in this? And I looked up way too much stuff about, uh, about Paul Fix to drop in this episode. We'll in a second. <laughs> oh, that works. All right. Uh, Melanie Fullerton is, I think, the little girl in this movie. Yeah, that's the little girl. <laughs> it's all her fault. Yeah, it's all her fault. <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie was directed by William F. Claxton and produced by A.C. Lyles. Who, were at, before this, were known for making westerns. Right. And you can tell. <laughs> you can definitely tell, which makes sense why DeForest Kelly is in it, because before... DeForest Kelly was even in Star Trek. He was a Western actor. Mm -hmm. He was so. known for playing the heavy in Westerns. Mm -hmm. I need to find some of the Westerns in and watch them because I will confess I have not seen, De I don't think I've seen DeForest Kelly in anything other than Star Trek. And I feel a little bit bad about that. Well, now you have. 
Oh, yes, now I have. Thanks to you <laughs> and the show. I have not Star Trek, but I need even more things than Star Trek. Fun fact, this was the last not Star Trek movie that he was ever in. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so look where his career took him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guy. <laughs> so let's talk opening thoughts. What are your initial thoughts on this movie? Having finally well, watched the it? first, the first thing that needs to be said is you and I kind of cheated. <laughs> <laughs> We watched the Rift Tracks version of this movie, which I think actually enhanced the because, and I had never seen this before. Mm. I had not seen this before. And I got to tell you, I think if I had to watch it without Rift Tracks, I would have found it not only not scary, but <laughs> kind of boring at points because there are long periods in this movie where nothing happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, for the, sure. The, the jokes definitely helped it. And <laughs> the thing is, is I probably would have been riffing it myself. Heck, when we were watching today, I was adding my own jokes to the riff track. <laughs> <laughs> because that is what years of watching MST3K and riff tracks has done to me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man, I think my favorite one. Uh, I still. I love the. What was? What was the one that was your favorite? No. So, uh, Hippity hoppity down. The... Death is on its way. <laughs> death is on its way. <laughs> Said by Mike Nelson, who my man. <laughs> Oh man, I love it. I love yes. I'm gonna throw that out there right now. If, uh, fellow Misties, yes, Mike is my favorite host. Come at me, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> he's he is he's my favorite host too. Um I mean Joel Joel gets a lot of respect for starting the whole thing and really, you know, I mean it, it was it was his brainchild. I mean yeah. to be I mean, fair. I, I will tell you right now, I, I do I do like Joel and I do like Joan. I, there is not an MS2D3K host I don't like, but mm -hmm. Mike edges out just a little bit for me. And yeah. I, I, I will tell you, you know, I've met Joel Hodgson, wonderful, wonderful man. So just want to throw okay. that out there. Okay. Well, yeah, that's 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 awesome. So yeah, yeah, I, I but Mike is my favorite. I think I think it also has a lot to do with the time period when I was watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 was the Mike era. Mm -hmm. and and then you know when i watched reruns that's when i watched all the joel ones but yeah. i you know i watched mike first and so mm -hmm. it's kind of like with doctor who who's your favorite doctor <laughs> you always it's, remember your first right yeah it's always your first you, you always remember that first one so that's why you know. i am one of the few people loves christopher eccleston i feel like Oh yeah, I, I love Chris. I, I love Chris. Chris uh, I can't even talk. I can't even talk. <laughs> These giant rabbits have just fried my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, and we do have, as I mentioned in this episode, we do have one of them on the island. <laughs> just one, because we're afraid one. to have more than one because there might be more. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, getting we into have to keep it PG around here, so. <laughs> So getting into our likes and dislikes about this movie, what what is it about this movie? What 
if anything, about this movie do you like? <laughs> I, I can't love this movie with anything but I, irony. I, <laughs> I know, yeah. I can't! It, yeah. I can't! That is the thing! I just... I, there is... I can't love... I have nothing but ironic love for this movie. Again, thank you, MSK, for doing this to me. I right. like DeForest Kelly. I will say that. Mm-hmm. I'll bring this up. I like DeForest Kelly, but he's from Star Trek, so I... I'm kind of predisposed to like him or mm-hmm. any other Star Trek actor who's in something. And it, so it was cool. He needs to lose the horrible 70s mustache. Though. <laughs> so does everybody in this movie, except that one guy, Jason, was one of the one of the sheriff's deputies mm-hmm. or something like that. He was fine. He, he was he was totally fine. Everybody else needed to lose the mustache. So you so everybody in this movie just had a lot of extra hair. Oh yeah. But so that was cool and the you know seeing the pulp fix when I had actually kind of forgotten that he was in Star Trek. I was surprised. It was something brought up to me because I knew about the Forrest Kelly, you know, so, so yeah, there's two actors. Who's the other guy? And, and you said, well, thanks. So like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. So just to go into that from my notes, the Paul Fix was actually, he wasn't the original doctor. If you go by the unaired pilot, mm-hmm. so we're going to, we're going to veer off course here a little bit with Kaiju. Sorry, <laughs> deal with it. So, the original Star Trek series actually had two pilot episodes. Right. The The first one was called The Cage, and the only character from that episode who carried over to the rest of the show was Spock. Spock, so had, right. Well, yeah. well, I mean, Pike did kind of come back. Kind of. <laughs> that was weird. I'll get to that in a second. But so they made The, the Cage, <laughs> called The Cage, and that had a completely different doctor. His mm-hmm. name was Dr. Phil Boyce, who was played by John Hoyt. So he mm-hmm. was the doctor in that first episode. It never aired. So they made a second pilot that was called Where No Man Has Gone Before. That is where Paul Fix was on the show as Dr. Piper. Mm-hmm. So he was in that episode. That was when NBC actually picked up the show. Because they liked it enough, but after they made that episode, both Gene Rodberry and a few other, and the screenwriter for that episode, a few other people looked at Paul Fix and they're like, "Yeah, we don't quite like his performance and or the how he played the character and all that." So let's make up a new character because Gene Rodberry wanted a younger, more, I guess you could say, vigorous character mm-hmm. to play the doctor so then he invented dr mccoy and then it was replaced by deforest kelly and the rest is history that was right. in the it's not the first episode to air the first episode to air was the man trap but the first episode they made so it's the technically the debut of deforest kelly as dr McCoy. it's called the corbamite maneuver which is a fantastic mm-hmm. episode i might add. yeah so yeah. Now, so there's your little Star Trek lesson, kids. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is why I came back. <laughs> so, yep, exactly. But, so you're getting more DeForest Kelly in this. He's still, he's not playing Dr. McCoy, but he still has that little bit of that you know, kind of cantankerous energy to right. him in this. He was playing, I think he was, what, a university professor? 
he just happened to be hanging out in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. I forget so, what his character actually was supposed to be. He just was I, there. <laughs> I think IMDb said he was supposed to be Dr. Messer something, but yeah. yeah. We're watching I Night of the he... Lepus and we have Rift Track, so it's a little hard to keep track of everything. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Now, my initial thoughts on this movie is, I'm just like you, I love it with all of the irony in the world. <laughs> it is so fun to watch but it was not meant to be fun it was i have been wanting to cover this movie ever since i first did kaiju weekly even even in, back before i had steven and before i had michael back when i had my original co-host jake and all of those episodes are lost now they you can't listen to them but Back then, I found out about this movie when researching giant monster movies, and I was like, I have to see this movie. I have to talk about this movie on a podcast, and so I am so happy we finally get here and get to talk about this yeah, movie. Yeah, except you came perilously close to, to covering it alone because Michael specifically right. requested a day pass to Monster Island to avoid this. <laughs> right yeah it, the two movies that michael so far has said i am not covering i am not going to be on the episode with you is uh attack of the killer tomatoes and night of the lepus and <laughs> can anybody really blame him <laughs> oh, oh um, man. so it's it's for me the likes and dislikes are just kind of blurring because there are things yeah. that are bad. this is a bad movie Let's just say that oh, yeah. this is a terrible oh, yeah. movie, but it's the kind of movie that, as I said on about Godzilla versus Megalon back on my first podcast, Kaiju Vision Radio, this is the kind of movie that I call a glorious train wreck mm -hmm. <laughs> because that's what it is. You can't take your eyes off of a train wreck. And this one is, it, it is so wonderfully bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh Yeah. And and I have I have something I have uh I describe it in a way in my final thoughts that I'm going to save for when we get to final thoughts. But I have a, a very uh interesting way of describing this movie. But yeah, you're right. It is it's not a good movie. It is not a good movie. But is it fun to watch? I fully, fully believe that if you are the type of person that enjoys cheesy and ridiculous movies if you like the room if you like plan nine from outer space you are going to love night of the lepus because okay. it is i am gonna put this that. out here i do think night of the lepus is better than both of them i just <laughs> i will throw that one. Now, now it's not a very high bar weird right yeah but no. it's still better than both of them well there's better acting in in yeah. the Lepus than there is because there's actual seasoned and and like good actors in this movie. <laughs> You're tearing me apart, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So before we move into anything else, we need to see. We need to, or we need to let all of the listeners know. Um, we're going to be playing a. Uh, Pop culture rabbit bingo. <laughs> Get your bingo boards out with all that we reference. We're gonna see how many we can reference in a. In, I have a list. Episode. 
<laughs> I have a list of potentials. I can't promise we'll get to all of them, but how many do I have? I have more than any bingo board should have. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. Although it's more like twenty-one and one is an inside joke. If you uh, <laughs> hung out with us at Kaiju Quarantine. Oh yes. Oh. <laughs> Oh, for anyone, for anyone. Of Star Trek and Tribbles when it was brought up in our little, our little, the Twitter chat, all the, uh, all the podcasts are involved with us, our planning chat. Uh, I put up a meme of war from Trials and Tribulations that said, uh, it is a long story. We do not speak of it with outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody who's listening to this, who, uh, was also part of the kaiju quarantine and especially was there in that last uh episode <laughs> or, or not last episode but last little for bit final of it wars. for final wars um tweet at us and let us know and let's all get through it together um <laughs> we have formed a support group for victims of this image that was shared with us and uh hopefully we can help you sleep better at night <laughs> <laughs> that's how you make a rabbit scary unless <laughs> that picture is scarier than than this entire movie <laughs> that is exactly right oh, that man. sounds like as good a place as about this okay so the draw for this is the rabbits except when this movie was coming out it was released by MGM 1972 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they didn't want anybody to know that it was a horror movie about rabbits. Right. <laughs> the funny thing is, the title of this movie was originally Rabbits, <laughs> but then some very smart person at, at MGM realized no one will take a horror movie about rabbits seriously. So they changed it to Night of the Lepus. Lepus is the Latin genus, well, it's a Latin word, for hair, which is technically inaccurate because hairs not the same as rabbits. They're in the same family, but they are two separate species. Hairs have right. bigger ears, for one thing. So right. there's it's right. still technically wrong, but they did that probably because it sound yeah, they probably did that because it sounded kind of exotic, kind of interesting, but people who know their Latin are gonna know exactly what it is. Also, when you look at the posters for it, there are no rabbits anywhere it's just, it's just a bunch of eyes in the dark <laughs> and they're like you know they're it has all these taglines talking about "Ooh, the monsters in the dark see they're coming and it's just like they're hyping it so much yeah and then you watch it and then you know people who don't know latin probably go to this and they see it and they're like rabbits <laughs> rabbits so but, you but... i'm sure you know about this do you remember the the unmade movie from from Dae that was called Nezera? Yes. yes. Okay. One of the things that is infamous about Nezera was that yeah, this actually the failure of Nezera eventually Gamera good came out of it. Right. Yeah. In the sort of Gamera for thirty years anyway. So that was supposed to be a kaiju movie about giant rats. Right. And the way they were trying to make this movie 
is they had miniatures built and they were going to use real rats. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to film it with real rats and it proved problematic. Right. Because I'll leave they... it at that because this is not a Nazareth episode, but it proved problematic. It failed. And then they eventually used a bunch of that stuff to make Gamera, uh, to make Giant Monster Gamera. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This so... movie proves that that was a good, that it was good that that movie failed because <laughs> what we have here is a bunch of miniatures that have regular size rabbits running through them toward the but, camera. But, Nathan, that's no ordinary rabbit. Look at the bones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's your first. Mark it off on the bingo card. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's your first one. Um, so, listeners... I can neither confirm nor deny that the one uh, Lepus rabbit on the island may have tried to bite off Godzilla's head. <laughs> <laughs> Run away! <laughs> there is a, an animation feature. I sent it to you before we started recording where someone ran the audio from that scene over, <laughs> God's, uh, over Godzilla and several other kaiju. I can neither confirm or deny that that is a dramatization. <laughs> so so listeners i want to i want I, I want to kind of break this down a little bit because um this podcast is not just meant for longtime kaiju fans but it's also for people who are just getting into the genre so if you're new to the giant monster genre there are three really three types of giant monster movies you have soupmation or tokusatsu, uh, which is what Godzilla is, and a lot of those uh, Japanese monsters—they're made with uh, big rubber suits uh, that, and they knock down miniatures. So if you think of uh, Power Rangers, Godzilla, any of those—that's what that is. Ultraman, mm-hmm. right? Ultraman. If then you have stop motion or claymation, sometimes is what it's called, which is uh, or dynamation. Uh, is what it was nicknamed back in the day, which is what your Ray Harryhausen films are. Um, so if you're thinking of uh, Clash of the Titans or It Came From Beneath the Sea or anything like that, Mysterious Beast Island, from 20, Fathoms. Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, that's what or that is. Or if you really want to get super Willis O'Brien and King Kong. Yeah, Willis O'Brien and King Kong. Um, that stop motion animation uh, is made, and that there's a whole process to making that. But that's another form of monster movie. Then you have the monster movies that take real animals and put them on miniature sets and just film them kind of <laughs> running around on miniature sets. They did that with, um, I think it was Journey to the Center of the Earth or one of the one of the movies. One of one of the Journey to the Center of the Earth movies did it, where they just took uh, lizards and then put like l- little fins on them and just yeah. let them run loose and uh, passed them off as dinosaurs. Yeah, that was, right. That was great. Yeah, totally a dinosaur. Yeah, totally. Um, also, the giant <laughs> or the Gila. giant Gila monster. Giant Gila uh, monster was if one. If you're yep. a fan of MST3K. Yep, giant Gila monster. Um, and then that's what they did for Night of the Lepus. It's not. Uh, suitmation. It's not stop motion. They they didn't design. Well, 
Uh, um, they didn't design a scary looking rabbit monster, which is what they should have done, which is what they were going to do in Nezera because they had the big rats that were destroying the city in Nezera that was planned. But they also were planning on using a tokusatsu uh, giant yeah, rat kaiju. Too. Were, uh, yeah, yeah, like the like the I guess you could say it's the Rat King. Who right? <laughs> a totally different reference. Yeah, right. so they were going to do a suit for it, but then the the, the movie fell apart because they talk about a trouble. And so if they did something like that in this movie, it would have been so much better, but they didn't. They just had fluffy, cute little bunnies <laughs> running around. Even, they weren't even wild rabbits. They, they weren't were even wild rabbits. rabbits. They, they were, were domesticated dom rabbits. By the way, because I spent rabbits. Because, because I was way too bored on my flight here. I was, and this is me we're talking about, because if you've listened to my show, you know I do way more research than anyone should do on some of these movies. <laughs> I was doing research on rabbits on my flight here, and I found <laughs> that there is actually a difference between bunnies and rabbits. Mm -hmm. a, bun a, a rabbit is a small mammal. A bunny is a young, often baby rabbit. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Ever wanted to know the difference? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so this this movie is just something else. I I love it. I love it. I love it so okay. much. So we've already talked about that they used real rabbits on miniature sets, and they're just moving the camera around. And I'm just picturing crew members standing just behind the camera, holding up carrots and lettuce, trying to lure the rabbits. To right. The camera. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, guys. Come on. Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then, then you know this is a horror movie this is about giant killer rabbit so they have to maul people right so and how do you transition from miniature to the actors being attacked by the <laughs> rabbits very awkwardly shot guys in bunny costumes <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, when I say awkward, I mean, like, you barely even see them. Like, it, it, the editing in the so weird because they have to do, like, super crazy close-ups and you can barely see the rabbit. Right. And it just, the, the so-called attack scene. So if you're a slasher movie fan, you'll be a little disappointed. The attack scenes more or less amount to super close-ups of dude in bunny costume tackling actor and smearing them with ketchup. <laughs> and I, this is... I. I they think that's a joke. I read that that is literally what they did. This oh, is the yeah. only movie I can think of where they for real used ketchup as fake <laughs> blood. I always made that joke since I was a kid. This is one movie where they actually. Yep. Yep. And my favorite scene where it's so noticeable that it's a man in a bunny suit is when one of the horses is being attacked by one of the rabbits and it's just a guy in a rabbit suit that's jumping on the horse <laughs> I, the whole time i watched that i'm like please give me real bunnies attacking rubber horses Subaraya <laughs> did it and frankenstein world. you do it do it and they didn't do it i said cowards cowards <laughs> Uh, and seeing all I was thinking was the bin the Easter Bunny is out for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Check. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Check for the bingo. 
Oh, oh and I already referenced one earlier when I did the greeting. So there's three we've checked off. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> so um, one of my favorite facts, well, you talked. we talked about how this movie is slightly better than like The Room or Plan 9 from Outer Space because of the acting uh, in it. There are two actors in this movie who are who are Oscar nominees. <laughs> and not just not Oscar nominees, they were Oscar nominees at the time that this movie was being made. <laughs> <laughs> who was it and what were they in? I um you have Janet Lee. Uh, you know, of course, uh, Janet Lee from Psycho. Um, she was nominated. I actually, I, I can't remember if she was nominated for Psycho or if she was nominated for something else. Um, but, uh, and then you have, oh, hold on, I lost it. You have Stuart Whitman, who was the one who played uh, the main Roy Bennett, who played Janet Lee's husband. And gotcha. So let's All the characters see. blend together unless you're def- Right. Yeah. Yeah. The one who the one the ones the two people who wanted to make Jack a little more like Jill and Jill a little more like Jack <laughs> as they described it in the movie. <laughs> I was watching that. I was watching that. I was like, what are you doing? That makes no sense. Are you the movie is riffing itself? Right, exactly. <laughs> it was this scene where you have Janet Lee and her daughter, because they have a daughter in this movie. Mm. like what 10 years old is 10 year old blonde girl <laughs> and she's hanging out with her husband who's a scientist studying the rabbits because the pole the, the the idea i think in this one it's not very well explained is mm-hmm. that this guy started experimenting on rabbits and then they somehow got bigger and became carnivorous okay and <laughs> apparently <laughs> You make something bigger, it automatically becomes carnivorous, to which I say cows, but. Right. <laughs> and so, and then she she's asking, because she's she's a 10-year-old girl, thinks the, mm-hmm. the rabbits are cute, and she wants one. She says, what are you doing to him? He's like, well, we're going to turn, we're going to make Jack a little bit more like Jill, and Jill a little bit more like Jack. Like, what in the heck are you? talking about (laughs) is this some way is this how you explain spaying and neutering (laughs) to children what are you what nursery rhymes i butchering nursery rhymes i mean you just stop it (laughs) oh man i was hung up on that for a minute after it was right <laughs> right it was so weird such a weird line um my other fact that i really love about this movie is uh janet lee at the time had declined to allow her two teenage daughters uh <laughs> kelly kelly curtis and jamie lee curtis to appear in the movie in minor roles because she didn't want them to be part of or see a horror film which is ironic <laughs> because Jamie Lee Curtis just not not long after this movie went on to play in Halloween. Six years. It was six years. Okay, seventy eight. Okay, so six years later went on to be one of the most famous scream queens in history in Halloween. So yeah, <laughs> just such do you a... think? Do you think John Carpenter saw her in this? Movie? 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually oh do know. Uh, there was there is a fact I do know about Halloween um, and the and the casting of Jamie Lee Curtis, but I'm not going to share it here because this is not yeah. a Halloween or horror movie uh, uh, podcast. This is a giant monster yeah. movie podcast. Oh, and oh why? Why? You mentioned it. Why are the rabbits carnivorous all of a sudden? The, it just makes no sense. They just all they did was get big. Why did they suddenly start trying to eat yeah. people? <laughs> I, it just it makes no sense. It is, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is as good a time as any to talk about this mm -hmm. because this is actually an adaptation. It is a book right. adaptation. Yes. This is actually based on an Australian science fiction novel and i am actually curious to read this novel unfortunately <laughs> i don't think it's been reprinted since 1964 and now costs $800 plus a pound of flesh on mm -hmm. amazon but the name of the novel that it was based on is called the year of the angry rabbit and was by a fella named russell braddon i i had to look up a summary of this on uh, on Wikipedia, and I will tell you right now, I wish they had made this movie right, because I think exactly. if they had made the if they had adapted the novel accurately, you may have had a cult classic on your hands. Mm -hmm. Because unlike this movie, because one of the biggest problems that this movie has that makes it unintentionally hilarious is that it is deathly serious. Right. It has an absolutely absurd concept. And everything is as straight-laced as you can possibly get. And the novel was comic horror. Right. It was satirical. And I want this movie. When right. I read the summary, I'm thinking, like, you could have given this to somebody like Sam Raimi, and he would have had a ball with it. Oh, yeah. But here, here, is, here is my little summary of the novel that from what I read online. You have the Australian Prime Minister who uses a new super weapon to because it takes place in Australia, not Arizona, to mm -hmm. kill giant rabbits and then use then try to use this weapon to dominate the world. That's <laughs> the TV guide summary for you. Here's some more details. So here he goes. This is what here's the summary for proper summary. The Prime Minister learns that his property has been infested with a rabbit epidemic, which is timely because I found out that that is actually a problem in Australia. Oh yeah, I'll for give sure. You a few detail. I'll give you a few details of that in a little bit because that's what I do on my podcast. I research things and put stuff in context. So his solution for dealing with this rapid epidemic on a bioweapon, <laughs> <laughs> a bioweapon that is called Supermix MYX that was genetically engineered a genetically engineered super strain of a disease. That afflicts rabbits. That afflicts rabbits. That is called, and I may be butchering this name, but it's called mixomatosis. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they just call it super mix. And but <laughs> instead of killing the rabbits, it turns them into rabid rabbits, uh -huh, <laughs> and is fatal to humans. Oops. <laughs> so the prime minister has his property nuked. <laughs> to kill the rabbits, which is interesting because last I checked, Australia was the nuclear club. They don't have a nuclear arsenal. So, <laughs> yeah. 
as you can tell, this novel is very much a satire of of war and capitalism and nationalism. Mm-hmm. And then they plant the super mix bombs around the world. And then detonate them. And then it pretty much turns the world into a more benign version of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah. (laughs) Where wars are non-existent and conflicts are resolved in harmless arena game. Yeah. Which which Mad Max is another Australian-based thing. So it makes sense. And this this predates, actually, Mad Max. And this movie predates Mad Max. Right. But in true... the true irony of this novel is after all of this, and it happens over the course of three years, and the Australian Prime Minister now rules the world, the killer rabbits come back, and they have now <laughs> been mutated to giant size through the radiation. And also, I might, as I already mentioned, they became rabid because of the disease, and now they're giants because of the radiation. <laughs> and they kill everybody. <laughs> right. Yep. And then... Everybody abandons Australia and leaves it to the Aborigines and they summon a flood to kill the rabbits. And then it's implied that all of the super mixed bombs that are still left in the world are going to destroy all the rest of the humans. <laughs> also, just to point out that this is a satire, one the novel is named Major Gary Cooper Hill. <laughs> I want this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Look now, I have gone on this record. This could be a very like Doctor Strange loves kind of movie. And oh yeah, amazing. Oh yeah. Now I have gone on record multiple times on this podcast as saying that uh, if they because because um, Little Shop of Horrors has opened the door for cheesy dumb monster movies to be turned into plays musicals. I want that to happen with Night of the Lepus. <laughs> and I actually kind of want the play to be based off of the novel <laughs> and turn this into a full-fledged musical. It would be perfect. <laughs> yes. Actually, now I want that. I had a joke that I was going to bring up where I think I got one better for you, but I, that it may top it. But I will still bring this up to try to make your day, Travis. In fact, I might make your week. This was Uh something that came to mind Uh as I was watching this movie. You know, the one thing I might want more than that would be Tremors 8 Graboids versus... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're kind of set in the same same area. Yes, in Nevada. Oh, no, it's in Arizona. (laughs) Perfection is in Nevada. Let's do a crossover. Right. Set the Graboids on the giant man-eating rabbits. I will watch it. <laughs> I would watch it. Would the be heck the first Tremors sequel I've seen since three. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch the heck out of that. <laughs> and then oh. I don't know. Make it a musical too. We'll just make it a we'll make it a musical <laughs> that's a crossover. With Night of the Leafits. Because why not? Just pile on the ridiculousness. Oh, Do man. it. Do it now. <laughs> oh, man. So one of these days. back on your show for that. 
one of these days I'm going to be doing a dream casting of what I think the Night of the Leapus musical who who should be in it because I keep talking about it and I th- I feel like maybe a bonus episode needs to be my dream casting for <laughs> Night of the Leapus the musical. <laughs> and then to have a bonus episode Tremors 8 Grabwaits versus Right. <laughs> okay. Oh my so God. We have had a lot of fun with this movie. Do you want to go through and just run off as many pop culture rabbit references that you want to make? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get them all out right now, right here. <laughs> get them. I still have notes on the on you know the actual rabbit epidemic in Australia, but I do way too. Oh, okay, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I mean, we don't have to go into. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that is it is an interesting thing. And it it makes sense that this movie was uh, or not the movie, but the book was set in Australia because the rabbit epidemic in Australia was really bad uh, and and still is to a certain extent. Like they still they still are constantly fighting rabbit overpopulation. Yeah. And, and you know, coming up with diseases to infect them with, to kill them and doing hunts and which we saw. That was the one acknowledgement of the novel. Yes, because this is really only inspired by the novel, but it starts with a newscast mm-hmm. is talking about the rabbit epidemic in Australia and showing I'm guessing it's actual stock footage. Right. Of people hunting rabbits and the rabbits just running at defenses. I wish this movie had been set in Australia instead of in America, because I would have loved to have seen a giant rabbit destroy the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> and then we can have Crocodile Dundee and Mad Max. <laughs> by a giant rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, rabbit, you see this knife? <laughs> that's not a knife. <laughs> no, your buck tooth, that's not a knife. This is not. <laughs> but no. Uh, rabbits, the, specifically, they were European rabbits. They were mm-hmm. introduced by the first fleet in Australia, 1788, and are considered an invasive species. They just ran amok. Right. And with no natural predators, uh, yeah. they just took over. Yeah. Now, apparently, from what I was reading, they kept the population under, you know, under control for the most part until about the middle of the 19th century. And then a fellow by the name of Thomas Austin decided in the late 1850s to start releasing <laughs> wild <laughs> rabbits so he could hunt them. Right. And there was this little line here from him where he said, the introduction of a few rabbits could do little harm and might provide a touch of home in, you know, yeah. in, uh, in addition to a spot of hunting, because he was a British fellow. Mm-hmm. And then because there were no natural predators at that point, because they had those populations had thinned out, the population blew up to about 10 billion. Right. Yep. And, yeah. But one nice thing that kind of came out of it was during, there was, there's been a couple of economic depressions in Australia since then, mm-hmm. most notably, you know, in the 1930s, along with most of the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So people would capture the rabbits and use them as food sources or as a source of income. Yeah. But yeah. so some nice things did come out of it. But regardless, it's been devastating for Australia's ecology. It's caused because of overgrazing and they've caused soil erosion. Right. 
Yeah. So yep. uh, I, I would definitely love to. I need to reach out to Sam, who has been a guest on our podcast twice now, uh, and talk to him because his uh, we talk about him being an ecologist on the podcast, but he specializes actually in invasive species mm-hmm. and he is from Australia. So I'd like to hear ah. some, of, some of his thoughts on he's from Melbourne. Uh, Australia mm. and I'd like to hear some of his thoughts on this but uh, <laughs> but yeah the Australia pretty much everything that's not a marsupial or a bird that's naturally there uh, is an invasive species or has been brought over there because dingoes were not originally from Australia they were they were descendants of dogs that were brought to Australia the the rabbits were brought to Australia cats and deer and a lot of the, a lot of those things and one invasive species that a lot of people don't know about in Australia is camels 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 Australia has the largest population of camels outside of Africa what (laughs) so and it's because they were brought over as a way of transporting goods back before cars were around they do well in in the desert uh so they would do well in the outback areas of uh central australia and what happened is their population just boomed and people started letting them loose and now there are herds of camels that just run wild in australia Wow. So that wow. is a <laughs> mind blown. That is an interesting thing. So yeah. But going back to rabbits. <laughs> going back to ah. our our rabbits. Uh, oh my god, the goodness. <laughs> in the in the final scene when all the rabbits are dying uh f- from electric shock, uh it's how they get rid of them. Um all I could hear in my head was kill the rabbit, kill the rabbit, kill the rabbit. <laughs> and no one stops to think, hey, it's the fault of these kids, these anti-Kennies. Because right. the little girl, the little girl had to have one of the genetically altered rabbits. And then this boy, wasn't her brother or anything, it was just this boy. He's like, right. I don't like you or your rabbit. He, he killed my chickens. Get rid of the rabbit. I'll get my revenge by setting it free. And so it's like, you kids are to blame. It's all because of you. <laughs> all your fault. But nobody talks about that. Oh, oh, I got a good one. Silly rabbits meddling in God's domain is for kids. <laughs> <laughs> at, at the uh, end, those poor bunnies got energized. Yep. <laughs> oh, tick, tick, tick. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to play my killer bunny card. <laughs> uh, somebody keep you Hefner away from these things. <laughs> the, the bunny, the bunny. Whoa, I hate, I hate the bunny. <laughs> <laughs> All you Christian kids who will know will understand that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, there are all these poor things are looking for Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking for Jessica. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is Donnie Darko's fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh goodness. <laughs> Which, by the way, speaking of white rabbits, we discovered because of a joke in the rift track. If yes. you have seen The Matrix, you have seen part of this movie. Yes. Because, because when in the Neo goes to visit the Oracle, there's a couple of kids doing practicing their psychic powers. There's a TV on in the background, and it's playing a clip from Night of the Lepus because symbolism. Symbolism with the rabbits. No, I have a feeling that just someone on set, one of the Wachowskis, is just a huge fan of this movie, and that's why it's there. It has nothing to do with the whole rabbit themes in or the rabbit um, hole, <laughs> <laughs> the tumbling down the rabbit hole. <laughs> right, like it has nothing to do with the whole rabbit imagery in the in the movie. It's just because we were fans of it and we were playing it in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so yes yes night of yep. the lepus makes an appearance in the matrix yep i don't know if we made this reference or not but obviously we have to do it no none of these rabbits are bringing children baskets of goodies <laughs> not happening <laughs> oh man so <laughs> i said and i don't think any of them are made of velveteen. <laughs> none of them are made of velveteen and none of them are nearly as Worried as the one that hangs out with Pooh. <laughs> oh man, we need one. Uh, oh, and uh -huh. go ahead. And then this will be my last one. Okay, finish so on I this could, one. We can at least you know, finish on this one for all of you Rift Tracks fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> Mankind's greatest achievement. <laughs> Oh man. So there you go, everybody. There's our there's all of our rabbit pop culture references that we could squeeze into I, this episode. I could do more, man. I could do could, yeah, yeah. Well we'll see. Oh it. yeah, here's a good one for you. Okay. An alternate title for this should have been Death by Snuggles. That's essentially what rabbits do to people. Yeah, Death by Snuggles. They're so cute. Every time the the rabbits are shown like snarling and growling. It's actually them <laughs> yawning. They're yawning. And it's so cute. <laughs> How do you... I, I get what they were trying to... I get what they were trying to do. They're trying to take something cute and innocuous and innocent and make it horrifying. Right. In On paper, that makes sense. And there are examples that you can point to where that's been done. It's just... Right. This movie. Right this movie man yeah yeah so let's let's go ahead and get into our godzuki scores for anybody who is new to the podcast uh we like to score our movies out of five godzukis godzuki being uh godzilla's dim-witted nephew from the 1970s hanna-barbera cartoon and we like to embrace the silly and pay homage to the great godzuki by using him as our yardstick for these movies so nathan out of five <laughs> Godzukis, what would you score Night of the Lepus? Oh, it's all, all the pressure. <laughs> I mean, I hang out with Godzuki on a daily basis. But, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I feel like I need to give this two. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you ha uh, the, I have to give it the real score. Right. And then the glorious train wrecks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ironic score. Right. <laughs> because if I graded it on the on pure enjoyment, 
especially with riff tracks, this is a five. <laughs> mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> because of how ridiculous it is. But as an actual movie, I was being critical about it. <sighs> <laughs> I don't think it rises above a two. I can't good conscience give it anything higher than a two. That is the absolute peak I could give it as if I was looking at it as a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. My score for this would be a two. But just like with the Giant Claw review, I would say me as a critic, as someone who's supposed to be uh, presenting these movies to people who may not have seen them and trying to give an honest review, it's definitely a two. But Drunk Travis, who is drunk (laughs) while watching this movie, would definitely give it a five because... I loved watching this movie. It was so much fun. <laughs> oh, so, so do you have the money costumes and the ship? Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have any final thoughts that you want to say about Night of the Leapeth uh, before we finally close the book on this this movie? <laughs> if you want a really good laugh. If you want to see, if you're into unintentional comedies, if you love riff tracks, MST3K, and the sorts of movies that they have on there, you need to give this a watch. You will have a good time. Especially, even if you don't watch it with the riff track like we did, get a bunch of your friends together, your funniest mm-hmm. friends, your funniest friends, order a pizza, get your favorite adult beverage if you want. And give this a watch. You will be highly entertained and you will you will laugh the whole time because this is the perfect riff tracks MST3K sort of movie. It's a bad movie, but it's a sincere bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes it great. Oh <laughs> it's, yeah. It's it's very paradoxical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My final thoughts. It's great because it's terrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. My final thoughts on this. Uh, the people behind this movie set out to create a terrifying horror movie that people would be afraid in and be screaming in. And they failed so brilliantly. So brilliantly. This movie is artistically bad. <laughs> <laughs> And that is the only way I can describe it is it is artistically bad. So just like Nathan, if you enjoy the irony of watching terrible movies and making fun of them and having fun with them, you will enjoy this movie. But if you are someone yeah. who takes movies very seriously, don't watch this movie. <laughs> no, don't. This is uh, the other way I describe movies like this. I call them awesomely awful. Uh, yeah. Yep. That is what this is. It is awesomely awful. Yep, exactly. So we're going to close the book now, at least for now, on Night of the Lepus. Does that mean I will never bring the movie up ever again on the podcast? Probably (laughs) not. Much to Michael's chagrin. (laughs) I feel like every podcast needs to come up with a bingo board for the sorts of things that get referenced on a particular episode and night of the Lupus needs to be added to Kaiju. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, wow. All right. So we're going to quickly uh, hop over into the mail bag. Hop. 
<laughs> that was unintentional. <laughs> that one they just good. keep coming. <laughs> oh, man. So we're going to go ahead and get into the mailbag segment. Um, so uh, last week I asked a question from Nick Blackler, uh, who sent us a bunch of questions on Facebook. I only answered one of his questions last week, so I decided to cover uh, another one of his questions um, this week on uh, this episode. And his question is, could you give some suggestions for some non-Godzilla or Gamera kaiju or monster movies that you haven't mentioned on the podcast? Bonus points if they are on Tubi. So I just I just joined Tubi, so I don't know their full library yet. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been I I, uh, I went through when I got this question. I went through and looked at Tubi and looked at what they had available. And so I'm going to read off a few. Now we've mentioned a lot of giant monster podcasts. We haven't reviewed a lot, but we've we've mentioned a lot on here. So finding one that we haven't mentioned was kind of hard. Um, but I will give uh, a shout out to 20 Million Miles to Earth. We've talked about that's a mm. Ray Harryhausen film. It is available on Tubi. The Ray Harryhausen effects is what makes that movie great. So I would definitely. Uh, Watch that one if you are a fan of the stop motion kind of uh, monster movies. Um, mm -hmm. There is a movie called Altitude, which was a 2010 horror movie about a giant monster, tentacle monster in the sky attacking a small airplane. And it's kind of interesting. It's 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 it is an interesting movie. I will leave it at that. Mm -hmm. um, that one I have not seen yet. I won't go as far to say it's it's a good movie, but it is definitely worth watching and giving some some attention to. Um, the original Little Shop of Horrors uh, from the 1960s. Which I would like to, which I do want to see. I have only seen the musical. And I've actually seen the stage version as well. I had that privilege. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah. yeah, the original Little Shop of Horrors is on Tubi. Uh, there is a movie called, where is it? Uh, Leviathan, which stars, um, what's his name? Peter Weller from Robocop. Mm -hmm. And he fights a giant underwater monster. So there's a giant monster movie for you. Um, they also have Reptilicus on there, <laughs> which is a fun one. <laughs> so if you want to watch an old-timey one, they have a few of the schlocky ones. Like, they have Reptilicus, they have the giant claw, um, so they have a few like that on there, too. Yeah, I'm looking uh, over my queue right now to see if I, I added anything that could be added to your list. The... Uh, they also, you haven't mentioned this one, they also have Gorgo. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, yeah, we've reviewed that one on the podcast, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Gorgo. Okay. Gorgo is on there, uh, both yeah. the original version and the Mystery Science Theater version of Gorgo mm -hmm. is available on there, and Gorgo is legitimately one of my favorite giant monster movies. Okay, yeah, as, uh, as, I haven't watched it yet, but is Angry Red Planet? Yes, Angry Red Planet is a giant monster okay. movie. Um, well, it has giant monsters in it, so I yeah. guess it counts. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, close enough. I mean, you have you, you 
established definition. Yeah. So there's that. There's um I, I mentioned it, but uh, Rift Tracks and Mystery Science Theater three thousand has a lot of stuff on Tubi. So that's always you can always mm-hmm. find one of those to watch. Um, but yeah, like the Mystery Science Theater three thousand Attack of the Giant Le- uh, Leeches is on here so if you um subscribe not subscribe because there it uh, to be is a free service um and you'll you, have to make an account yeah yeah you, you, well you, actually you don't even need to make an account you can, really because yeah. when i i it made me make it oh well see i always hit um because it always says skip this step on it for me and oh so i always skip the step so you don't have to make an account um and you can watch it but the only thing is there are ads in it um, but it's a free service that just has ads. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But, you know, if you want to watch some of those, uh, and, and a big reason why a lot of these giant monster movies are on Tubi is because uh, Shout Factory has partnered with Tubi. And so mm-hmm. all of the Gamera films are on there. Uh, a lot of the Super Sentai is on there. Um, and uh, a lot of the, you know, all, all the Mystery Science Theater 3000 stuff is on there. Uh, and so mm-hmm. it's just, it's a great place to find some monster movies. It's a pl- great place to find mm-hmm. a lot of things. But, you know, for this podcast, we focus on the monsters. Mm-hmm. You can also, and I don't know how they, but you can also find at least one, maybe there's more, I'm not sure. There's some obscure Toho movies mm-hmm. on there as well, like Virus with Sonny Chiba yeah. is on there. Yeah, and, and that is incredibly. It's been released on home media in, in the United States, but it's really hard to find. So the fact that you can actually stream it on this thing is mildly astounding. Yeah, yeah. Tubi adds actually a lot of fun. They it is a great place to find a lot of um, uh, just old timey movies that are really good and it has a lot of modern stuff on it too it has tv shows it has all kinds of stuff but if you're into monster movies you can really find some great stuff on there and so nick we hope that we were able to list out some of those movies for you uh and just while we're in the mailbag segment i want to make sure everyone knows if you have a question comment or anything that you want to send us you can do that kaijuweekly at gmail.com or you can tweet at us uh at kaiju weekly on twitter that is the way to reach out to us and you can also reach out to us through the kaiju groupie facebook group because we're always on there me and michael are on there michael is the moderator for that uh facebook group so if you're on there that is uh how you can reach out to us as well Um, so, uh, also wanted to remind everyone that we are doing two different giveaways right now. We are giving away a Mothra Blu-ray Steelbook edition, uh, to anyone who wants to follow us on, uh, social media, on Twitter, specifically, if you want to follow us on Twitter, and you leave us a review on iTunes, that is all you have to do to enter that giveaway, and you can be entered in to win the Mothra Steelbook uh, from uh, Mill Creek. Mill Creek is the one who released that. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if you want to do that, that would be good. And the cutoff date for that is May 6th. So have it done by May 6th, and we will, do, uh, we will pick someone 
uh, as the winner. And also, we are giving away free T-shirts to anyone who signs up to our Patreon by May 6th. If you are a Patreon member right now, you get a free T-shirt. If you sign up anytime between now and May 6th, you will also get a free T-shirt as a way of saying thank you for supporting the podcast during this very weird and difficult time uh, right now. <laughs> so if if you're able yes. to support us financially, we want to thank you by sending you a T-shirt. And the cutoff date for that is also May 6th. And so I think that's it for this week's episode. So I want to say a big thank you to Nathan for coming all the way from Monster Island and joining me on this episode. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, it was. It was totally worth it. And I can't begin to tell you, I, I miss good old America. You know, it's <laughs> nice to visit, you know, after you grow up here most of your life and then get that crazy new job over. So mm. uh, I take every opportunity I can to go back. Unfortunately, I may have to, you know, being under some scrutinous quarantine for two weeks or something once I get back to Okasawara, because that's how Japan is handling things. Right. If you've traveled to the United States and you go back, they put you, I think the board's trying to find some loopholes to avoid that. But you yeah. know, the board uh, at Monster Island just confuses me. I have given up trying to figure <laughs> them out. Uh, at least it's not the disco nurses from uh, our uh, nuns from space. <laughs> yeah, the disc, the uh, disco space nuns. Yeah, disco space nuns. Space nuns. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, for don't. anyone who hasn't uh, listened or isn't familiar with your podcast and who you are, uh, do you want to give some plugs? Of course, I do. My middle name is Shameless Self Promotion. <laughs> <laughs> As I mentioned before, I am Nathan Vault Podcast, a podcast that seeks entertainment and enlightenment through tokusatsu. We're a film appreciation podcast. We're not really a review show. I have a rotating roster of guest hosts who join me to talk about taikaiju and tokusatsu films. And not only do you get to hear us talk about the movies, but you get to have a little bit of a history and culture lesson because I put them in their context because as you have often quoted from me from my first episode <laughs> here a lot of these movies are not made for us as modern day americans they are classic films or they are foreign films and oftentimes they are both so in order to fully appreciate these movies or more fully appreciate these movies you have to understand the context in which they were so you get to hear about all of that and i have had people tell me they have learned so much listening to the show they have learned things they didn't know before and they see a lot of these in different lights so that's what you have to look for and we have a really fun time i get to put up with my producer jimmy from nasa who has miraculously survived the infamous war in space but he won't tell me how he riffs on me and interrupts me while i'm trying to show <laughs> part of his job description he has to correct me on the air <laughs> or he does it in his blogs. We have a little bit of an R2-D2-C3 relationship sometimes. But you know, we still have a good time on the show. I, I am also, for, you may not know this, I am also a writer and 
So you can ch check out my work there. My author website is NathanJSMarchand.com. That will give you links to all of my author's social medias and all of that. And if you want to check out the podcast, it's MonsterIslandFilmVault.com, which will also give you links to all of our social media. Yeah, and I will also be putting uh, the link to your podcast in the description of this episode so that people can go and check it out. Thank you, sir. And so want to also thank everyone who was listening, who has put up with us uh, listening to this episode of the podcast, because my goodness, it was a weird one. <laughs> we are not the same men we were no. when we started. Changes, <laughs> man. Yeah. Uh, so if anybody wants to follow the podcast uh, on social media, we are at Kaiju Weekly on Twitter and at Kaiju Weekly Pod on Instagram. You can send questions, comments, or answers to, tr uh, to our trivia question to our email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. You can also find us at the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. Also follow at Kaiju Groupie 54 and uh, the Kaiju Groupie on Twitter and Instagram. That is Michael, my co-host. And we also want to say a big thank you to Brian, Sheger, and Thorax for supporting us on Patreon. You can also support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Kaiju Weekly Pod. But only if you're able to, because we know that now is a very difficult financial time for a lot of people. So don't feel pressured to do it. Yes. And so the only other thing I have to do to close out this episode is to ask the trivia question for next week's episode. So this is going to hint to our next episode uh, that we're going to be covering me and Michael. Michael will be back from his vacation to Monster Island. So that question is uh, Haro Nakajima was best known for playing Japanese monsters like Godzilla and Baragon. But <laughs> in course. what? Right, of course. Hashtag justice for Baragon. Hashtag justice for Baragon. So he was best known for playing Japanese monsters like Godzilla and Baragon. But in what movie did he play a famous American monster? I'm biting my tongue because I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the topic of next week's episode. And if you answer any answer at all, whether it be a funny answer, whether it be the correct answer or a wrong answer, we will give you a shout out on the podcast. And so I'm going to close out this episode of Kaiju Weekly by saying help control the giant rabbit population, make Jack more like Jill, and Jill a little more like Jack. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Hello? Hey, Travis. Michael here. Sorry to interrupt you guys, but can you put Nathan on, please? Hey, Michael, what's up? Did you make it safely to the island? Hey, Nathan, Michael here. Um, I'm afraid I'm a little bit lost. Uh, according to the directions that was sent to me by your producer, Jimmy, uh, once I was dropped off on the west end of the island, I would see the Ashiro Honda Memorial Park. And from there, I'm to follow the signs to the visitor center. I've tried getting up with Jimmy because I was just dropped off on the west end, and I don't see any of those. I don't see the park, and I don't see any signage leading me to the visitor center. So I'm hoping you can help me. Wait, the West End? No, no, Michael, you have to go back. Nathan? Nathan, are you there? Nathan, Travis. Travis, can you hear me? 
Oh, God. The signal here sucks, guys. Nathan. Nathan, can you hear me? Ugh. Oh, 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 crap, guys. Oh, oh, I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm sorry. I gotta go. 